0: Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. Today's message is called Grace and Gratitude, as it is revealed in the Old Testament. And I would like to uh, share a little story with you before uh, we get started today. So one morning, a father, he went to the back door to call for his three-year-old son. He had planned for him to go with him to town on an errand. As he opened the back door to call for him, he saw him, but noticed that he was in a very precarious predicament. The little fellow had been playing and had fallen into the thick mud and was trying to free himself. So now the father's call to his son was twofold. There was the purpose for calling him in the first place, which was to take him in the town with him. But now it is also the incidental need of liberating and washing him up before he could incorporate him into the father's purpose. After the father freed him, cleansed him, and changed his clothes, the little fellow commences to grab one of his toys and started to play. The son became so engrossed in playing with it, that he was completely lost to the real purpose to which the father had called him for and to. He enjoyed being delivered from his muddy uh, quandary and dressed in clean clothes, but was distracted from his ultimate purpose of being with his father and insisted on staying at home to play. From this little story, you can easily surmise how God the Father's children can partake in His grace of deliverance, cleansing, changing, and receiving of God's gifts only to be distracted from His original plan and from His original purpose. God has already done all of these things for us and given us great things, but we can be distracted by the things and miss the ultimate plan and purpose. Of God. Now, Paul the Apostle, in this statement right here, this is a powerful statement that I want you to see. This is speaking of God. He says, has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purposes and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Now, one of the things that I want you to see here that's very significant is the purpose and grace was given to us before the fall. All right, I'm going to have to take you slow because this was saying here, these things was given to us before the world began. So this grace was given to us before we sinned. Are you here with me? In other words, grace was not just extended to you the moment you got saved. Grace had been extended to you before you were ever born. See, this is where people misappropriate grace because they think grace is just for you to get saved. And then you want to use grace to stay saved. I got to take you slow. But the song says, grace that taught my heart to fear. Come on, man. It's so amazing about this grace. See, the young boy's focus changed, but his father's didn't. His focus changed to want to play, but the father's purpose for him always remained. Sometimes we can get distracted by the things. We can get distracted by the vicissitudes of life. We can get distracted by a health condition. We can get distracted by a divorce. We can get distracted by somebody that may pass away in our family, but God's vision and purpose and plan for your life, his divine destiny for your life does not change. His faith does not change. When we are faithless, he remains faith. So now i got to give you another witness about this grace because 2 Corinthians 3 said, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established, right? So check out this other word. I had to get all of it in here. This is in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 7. Anytime you get an opportunity to read the book of Ephesians, man, read the whole book. It's a powerful book, particularly read uh, chapter 5 because, man, it'll blow your mind about the stuff that God has for you and he gave it to you before you were ever born. Come on, somebody. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, that's past tense, who has blessed us. I hear people all the time, I'm just waiting on the Lord to bless me. Well, according to the scriptures, he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. So that's a second witness that grace was here before you sinned. This happened before the, he blessed you before the foundation of the world. In other words, he blessed you before he said, in the beginning, God. That's when the foundation of the world came into existence. So you were already blessed because you were still in Christ at that very moment just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to the adoption of sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us acceptable in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Grace is, Guys, it's not just for us to get out of sin. Grace is something that we were given before the foundation of the world, and God shows us how we can use it and appropriate it in our lives. Grace is not something for us to use as in our own, uh, at our own discretion. So people say, well, you know, I can do this, but I'll just go to church and repent, or I'll just repent if I do it. You are misappropriating grace. You can't use grace at your own discretion. Grace has to be used at God's discretion. Right. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Amen? Because once you get saved, you do everything you can to stay saved. You don't get saved so you can go back into the world just to do things, and then you come back. That's, right. so that's not the way this thing works. Right. Now, I don't know what church you've been to, but that's not the way it works. You're supposed to get saved and stay saved. That's right. Right. Amen. Amen. Amen? Now, now, if you do fall, you slip, that happens, guys. That happens to everybody. But the one thing it is, got to make sure you're not man-centered. That's right. exactly. This is where we mess up. We're so man-centered, and we're always about us and our stuff, what I don't have and what I need to get and what's happening to me. We're man-centered people. And God's whole purpose is to get you to be God-centered. Amen. So regardless of the stuff or what's happening to you, you don't lose your faith. Amen. Yeah, I know this message for the big folks, the grown folks. I know it's hard to take, but since I've already gotten rebuked, I'm going to go ahead and preach it, all right? Is it all right? right. So I was putting my toes under the seat, but it was hard for me to do because he was talking to me. So we're going to learn this together, right? As Christians, we cannot live according to our own wills. We are commanded to live by the will of God. Why we just read in the book of Deuteronomy that man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. His word is his will. If you want to know his will, then you have to read his word. You have to build his word into your lives and you have to build your lives off of his word. You cannot separate God's will from his word. If you want to know who God is, you got to read his word. If you want to know what God does, you got to read his word. If you want to know how God blesses, you got to read his word. You can't separate his will from his word because he is the word and his will is to do his father's best. So if you want something, this is not a get-rich-quick scheme that we're trying to purport to you. Pastors are not, get well, not this pastor. I'm not trying to give you something that, it, man, you're just going to be holy and sanctified all of your life, and all you got to do is just come to church to do it. Well, if that was the case, a lot of us are already be sanctified and holy. But there are scores of people who come to church, but they're not sanctified and holy. They don't act sanctified and holy. They're cussing folks out, they're still lying, they're still cheating, and they go to church on Sunday morning. So apparently grace must be misappropriated somehow ah, yes, 1 John two seventeen said he who does the will of God abides forever see we ought not to fix our dependence as some of us are prone to do on natural causes but to remember that we depend absolutely entirely and immediately on the father and his life not our own From our foundational scripture in the book of Deuteronomy, we will discover that grace was already extended to the Jewish nation. That's why I want to start right here. For the people of antiquity, we notice three things. And I want to talk about these three things real quickly. I'm going to go through these. Their salvation was accomplished at the Exodus. Their identity was defined at Sinai. Their preservation was guaranteed through the 40 years of wilderness running. So let me say that one more time. Their salvation was accomplished at Exodus. Their identity was defined at Sinai. Their preservation was guaranteed through the 40 years of wilderness wandering. So in other words, they refreshed their memories of God's grace at the Feast of Passover. They renewed their commitments to his grace at the Feast of Pentecost. And they responded to his grace as a blessed community at the Feast of Tabernacles. They were a redeemed community, a commanded community, and a blessed community. And the evidence of that is this. And what I'm getting ready to give you is evidence of how much grace God gave this community of people in the Old Testament. He brought them out of Egypt with a high hand and an outstretched arm. He split the Red Sea so that they could walk over on dry ground. He gave them water from a rock. He cooled them with a cloud by day and with a fire by night. He took the pools and waters of Barak and he made them sweet. He fed them with manna that fell from heaven. He gave them clothes that never wore out and shoes that never got old I know the women in here are saying man I need me some shoes like that praise God he gave them 613 laws and ordinances and the Levitical priesthood he gave them the pattern which is called the ohel moed which is the tent of meetings that Moses built so they would have a place of worship God cooled them he warmed them he delivered them he cleansed them he protected them and he fed them The only thing that they were waiting for now is the promise from verse 1 is to go in and possess the land. God had already given them all of this grace. Come on, somebody. He already took them out of Egypt, just like he brings us out of the world. But, you know, when they came out of Egypt, the first thing they wanted to do is go back. They said, Moses, all we got is this manna. We've been eating on this stuff. Man, we want to go back to Egypt so we can have some of the leeks and onions. Y'all know it's not some leeks and onions. In other words, they said, we, we, we want some flavor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, see if, if, if you don't go back into the word of God and get some fresh manna, then it's, it's going to be bland to you. So then it's easier for you to slip back into the world because, see, everything in the world was exciting. Yeah, come on, some oh man. Let me go ahead and get in your grits now. So, so that there has there was not one sin that John Lawton did that I didn't enjoy. I enjoyed every sin that I did. As a matter of fact, I enjoyed it so much I kept doing it. Amen. That's right. That's right. Now you can come up in here with your little saved and sanctified self and act like you ain't never done anything. <laughs> but let me tell you something. It was grace <laughs> on our side that pulled us out of that miry clay. Come on, somebody. And so, so listen, we love to sin. I enjoyed it. And if you say you didn't, you're lying. It was good. That's why you kept doing it. Amen? And so now you're saved and you're trying to live for the Lord. And now, oh, man, it's just boring to be a Christian. Yeah. We can't do nothing. Well, who told you that? Who told you you couldn't do anything? Man, I have more fun now than I did when I was in the world. Oh, Amen? Yeah, yep. hey, and now that I'm married, I have a whole lot of fun. <laughs> Hello? I can't, man. I ain't going to have no boring marriage. You can have one, but I ain't going to have one. We're going to have fun. We're going to enjoy each other. We're going to do things. We're going to live our best life now. Amen. Marriage is what you make it. <laughs> Elaine and I decided to make ours good. I got one amen. (laughs) Huh? Oh, my daughter said we have a great marriage. I said, yeah, it is. But hey, baby, I'm preaching. Let me preach. (laughs) So, so the children of Israel, they had all of this stuff already going for them. Amen? Would you say that was grace? Would you say it was grace that they didn't ever have to worry about work? Would you say it was grace that every no, every morning every morning they got up, all they had to do was after the dawn, the 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 the, the little frost lifted up, all they had to do was go out and get manna. Yeah. It was already provided for them. And listen, here's the deal about manna. Because the Bible says in Hebrew the word manna means what is it? Because they didn't know what it was. And so when they went out, they was like, what is this? He said, it's manna. And see, manna didn't drop in their mouths. They had to go get. See, this Bible is not going to drop in your mouth because manna is a type of the word of God. It's not going to drop in your mouth. You're going to have to leave your tent. You're going to have to bend down on your knees. And you're going to have to get the manna so you can get fed. I got about three people who like this. That's all right. I'm going to keep preaching it. All right? So now, now, guys, there was a promise in verse 1 that God said, I gave them the land. Now, you look at all of this grace that God had already extended to them. They haven't even gotten to the land yet. So now they're in the place. Matter of fact, when they came out of Egypt, the place is called Kadesh Barnea. And it was like right there. So the people looking at Moses said, M- "Are we going? It's right there." Moses over here. Moses, said, no, we gotta go this way. Oh. It, but you know, Moses, like, right? I see it. I can just, I can throw a rock. No, Moses said, "No." The Lord said, "We gotta go this way." So you know what was happening? We we just read that God said, "I took you that way to test you." Amen. See we have the propensity to say God this is the way I want to go and God is saying that's not the way I want to take you because if I take you there you're going to misappropriate grace and you won't learn what you need to learn because you're not humble so God had to take them a different route because they came out slaves and God was trying to transform them into sons And yes, we appropriate the grace of God to get saved, but we stay slaves. Instead of going further with God to become sons. See, Jesus said a slave don't know his master. But a son does. And he's trying to take us from a slave mentality. Or in other words, he's trying to take us from being, having an adopted, having a, um, being, um, uh, what's the word? Golly, I'm looking, looking for the word. From being... Orphan. There we go. That's the word. Thank you, sir. He's trying to take us from being an orphan to being adopted. Because when we're in the world, we're orphan. We don't know the Lord. We don't want nothing about the Lord. We don't care about church. And sometimes we've been to church and we've been hurt. And then we go back out there. But this time you come on back. Come on back. You you ain't nothing out there for you. So you might as well come on back. And so so he's trying to take us from being orphans to being adopted in the beloved. That's That's why we can cry, Abba father hello somebody so they went around these 40 years so god could train them and now it was the time for them to possess their blessing go with me in the bible go to numbers chapter 13 i want you to see this in the word of god you getting anything out of this so far i'm almost done i just have a little bit i'm gonna teach you today i'm almost done let's go to numbers 13 verse 26 So it's now, somebody says it's time to possess their promise. Okay, so you already seen all of the grace that God had given them. We already noticed that. But now it's time to possess the promise. See, a lot of times, guys, we're just satisfied with just being saved. But God has so much more for you than just being saved. He wants to use you more than you just being saved. And, And you, your life is more than about having things. It is. If the sum total of, of your life is what kind of house you live in and what kind of car you drive, you got a very shallow life. Yeah. Yeah. How are you making a difference in somebody else's life? Can somebody look at you? As a matter of fact, when they ordained men in the Old Testament, you know, it was hot, they were in the desert, they didn't just give a little, little sprinkle to David. The Bible said they poured a cruise of oil. You know how much a cruise of oil is? About three gallons. I mean, they just, all on David. Then they got the, man, it's hot. It's in the desert. So David was walking back to the tent in the desert, and what would he leave? Oily footprints. Your kids would say, Mama, what's that? It said, a holy man of God just walked through here. When you walk by, what do people say? I told you I got me some rest. So when you walk by, or when you walk into a room, somebody should say, take notes and say, Oh, wait a minute. Oops. Amen. Cause they know you ain't about no mess. Right? And you have to train people. People had to be trained. I had to show people. I'm still in corporate America like you, but I'm like, there's certain things I don't want to hear. I had to train folk. You know, you know what? Before you even get started, I don't even want to hear it. Now, what is that about? Is that about your manager? I don't want to hear that. Oh, you got a problem with your manager? Go take it to your manager. Why are you telling me? Then you're going to tell somebody else and tell somebody else and tell somebody else. Right? So you go to your manager. Oh, it's about one of my coworkers. Okay, well, come on, let's go talk to him. So now they didn't come to me. I hear him whispering with somebody else now. Because <laughs> they know I'm not about their foolishness. They grow up. You got a job, do your job. You yeah, would be the first one complaining, I can't get no promotion. Why, well, you run your mouth too much. And they come to church, pastor, I need you to pray for me. I need this promotion. Well, I'm going to ask you some questions before I pray. Y'all better know, I ain't going to just pray for you for that. I'm going to be like, well, are you getting to work on time? Oh, see, y'all don't, see, the anointing just lifted. Y'all see that? The anointing just, Went on out the door. Yeah, we, we got two sirs. We got two sirs. Now y'all, I'm all up in you. Okay, I keep on preaching, y'all. I know y'all want me to get back on this. All right, all right. All right, Numbers 13, 26. Let's go in there real quickly here. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregations of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Haran at Kadesh. They brought back word... Uh, to them uh, and, and to all of the congregation and show them the fruit of the land. Now, let me just uh, lay the backdrop here. Now, they were at the place. They were ready to go and possess the land. We know by Scripture that uh, Moses told them to get 12 spies. Everybody know your Bible stories here? 12 spies. Before they went in, the 12 spies went in first. Now, their whole objective was to go in, spy out the land, and come back with a report. It was 12. How many was it? It was 12. It was 12 spies. So they went in, spied out the land, and now they are coming back with the report. This is where we are. We're picking up the story right now. Man, this is, you don't need television. You just read the Bible. This is good stuff right here. So verse 27 says, then they told him, they told Moses and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. So they came back with evidence of what God said. They came back with the fruit of what God said. So in other words, God wasn't lying. It was all there for them. Come on, somebody. Now, this next word is where most Christians mess up. The word nevertheless. It will be equivalent to the same word, but. Well, God is blessing me, but. And you know what butt is? <laughs> Some of us got to get rid of our big butts, but. But is an argument for your limitations. And when you argue for your limitations, you get to keep them. You want me to say that again? But is an argument for your limitations. And when you argue for your limitations, you get to keep them. Here it is. Well, God, I want to do that. But, well, I know you said that. But I know you want me to forgive them. But I know you anointed me to do this. But I know you want me to go to church. But I know you want me to be timely. But. Oh, boy, you see how that thing turned? Yeah. Boy, the Lord will get you, man. You better watch it. Right? And we throw that bud in there, and that's your argument for your limitation. And guess what? You never change because you just argue for your limitations. All right? So these people are no different than what we are today. This is why I like reading from the Old Testament, because the Old Testament is true about people. Yeah, yeah. That's why I love the Bible. It's true about us. I know people are always saying, man, there's so many hypocrites in the church. There's hypocrites in the world. And? It's hypocrites everywhere you go. Hello, somebody. So you're just not going to throw a statement like that to me. No, no, you, you're a hypocrite too. We all are. We're we all trying to get to God, at, at least if we're saved. But if you're not saved, if you're an atheist, you have nowhere to go but yourself. And how's that working out? I enjoy talking to people who are atheists. I don't, I don't mind because I love to have a discussion because they can't just ask me questions without the, me asking them some questions. Right. right? You just can't tell me, well, if God is real, why is there so much evil in the world? So what makes, you defi- what makes you think you know what evil is? Define evil. If there's evil in the world, it must have been good because you can't get, come on, somebody. You can't get good from evil. You can only get evil from good. So if you understand that there's evil in the world, how do you classify what's good? And the only way you can classify something as good, you got to go to God because only God is good. All right, let's get back to this little Bible study. 28, nevertheless, people who dwell in the land are strong. Now you see the difference. They just have so much grace extended to them. They've already seen the fruit of the land. They're bringing back the fruit of the land, but now they've gotten distracted by what they saw. Oh, hallelujah. He said, they said, nevertheless, the people are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Enoch there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, the Hittites, And the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites and the watermelonites dwell in the... (laughs) (laughs) sorry, I'm hungry. (laughs) And the Calagranites, they dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Now listen, check this out, check this out. Then Caleb quieted the people. So Caleb said this, Caleb said, listen, y'all, calm down. Now I got to take you back to what God said, right? Sometimes you have to go back to what God previously said so that you can get your focus off of what you see. So Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. Man, these are some faith filled words right here. He said God's grace is already there. All we have to do is go in and get what God has for us. so check this out. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able (laughs) to go up against these people. Lord, we just see so much stuff. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which they spread out, saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people who saw it, who saw it, are men of great stature. There there we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, came from the the, uh, giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. So check this out. They said we were like grasshoppers in our sight. This had nothing to do with what they saw them to be. This is something they internalized. So in other words, they allow the enemy to punk them out. Can I say it like that? Well, I said it. So they allow the enemy to punk them out. And so now they're seeing themselves based on what the enemy is saying, not based on what God has said. All right, so, so check this out. When you acknowledge what you should ignore, and ignore what you should acknowledge, you will become blind to the grace of God and capitulate to the lies of the enemy. Even though they were right at the precipice of their destiny, they began to ignore what God said and focus more on what they saw. Don't we sometimes do the same thing? See, see sometimes God is blessing us and then Right after he blessed us with something, something might b- bad might happen. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you forget about everything God has done. Yeah. Now, the whole focus is what you didn't get. You're just like that little kid that got his little toy now. God bless me. Whoa, I got my little toy. I'm running around the house with my little toy. Praise the Lord. God gave me a new car, man. Praise the Lord. He gave me a new house. Hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord. And then you lose your job. Well, I can't believe God allowed that to happen. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm missing something here. Well, the same God that allowed you to have the house, don't you know he'll help you to find another job? I mean, I'm just saying, see, if we don't extend our pity party, maybe we can get the blessing a little sooner. Because it's the same God that blessed you with it in the first place. It's the same God who can help you get out of a situation. Because his grace is not contingent on where you are today. His grace was given to you before you were ever born. See, this is what we got to understand, saints of God. And see, we, 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 me, I was always seeing my life based on that moment I got saved. That's where everything started, that's salvation for me. The moment I got saved, but God says there's so much more to my life than when I got saved. There's so many blessings that God has for you that he already gave you before the foundation of the world. And while I'm just sitting there and focus on, I'm just trying to stay saved, God is saying, man, I got a greater purpose for your life than just being saved. I got to use you to go out and affect these nations. I got to send you to people. You got to raise up another generation. There's family members that need you. There are children that need you. There are marriages that need you. There are men that need you. You are more than just being saved. I have a destiny and a plan for your life now you got to operate not only in being saved, not only us being in Christ, now we Christ has to be in us. Yeah. Right? So now there's this mutual agreement that's going on, and now since I'm not man-centered anymore, I'm God-centered, so everything in me has to come out of me based on the will of God, not based on my own will. That's why Jesus, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, Gethsemane means the place of the press. The Bible said that his body went through what's called her where he began to, to, to sweat great drops of blood, because then all the sin was being compressed into his body. And Jesus was having a very human emotion. And he said, man, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. He said, but nevertheless, not my will. Your will be done. At some point, saints of God, we got to get to a point to say, God, I know all of this stuff is happening around me. I know this stuff is falling apart. I know they keep tripping over here. I know my job is tripping over here. But nevertheless, I'm going to follow you anyway. Yeah. Am I talking to the right folks? I don't mean to scream, but you know I'm excited about this thing. Amen. So here's the last point I want to make here is this. See, when we focus more on what we see, our mouths can cancel our blessing. These men said, you know what, man? Let me, just, let me just give you this last little point. The greatest hindrance to people of God is speaking the wrong things in the times of crisis. This is where we go wrong. Because in times of crisis, we forget about all the grace. It's all about, I don't have my stuff. I'm hurting my body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that doesn't mean God's still not good. Amen? So that means we got to change our vantage point and say, you know what, God? I'm hurting in my body right now, but I still love you. I know you're going to bless me, Lord. I know I'm going to come out of this. Lord, I know I had a pity party, and I'm all right with that because I know you are. You know me better than I know myself. You know I'm crazy. You know I'm tore up from the floor. You know sometimes, God, I get ignorant. But Father, I thank you that you still love me even when I don't even love myself. I know that you died for me. And even though you knew I was going to sin, you still hung on the cross for me. And because you did that for me, who am I to say you're not good to me? Because you gave me salvation. I trusted you with that. Why not trust you with this? Man, when I was getting radiation, when I was going through cancer treatments, I was getting radiation. And man, a moment that negativity tried to sit in with me, even sitting on that table getting this stuff. As soon as it tried to sit in, but i always say, but God is good to me. He's still good to me. God, I don't quite understand why I got to go through this. But you're still good to me. I don't understand why my body is hurting like this. But you're still good to me. I don't know why things around me are falling apart. But you're still good to me. I don't know why my family's tripping like they are. But you're still good to me, Lord. I don't know why they're tripping on my job. But you're still good to me. God, I don't even know why my mind is so emotionally unstable right now, but you're still good to me. Thank you. And see, the moment you begin to change what you speak, you can change your perception. See, when they were over there, they focused more on the giants rather than the grace of God. And the enemy is going to do this, saints of God. I don't care who you are. I don't care how long you've been saved. The enemy is always going to take your tongue because if he can take your tongue, you're not going to worship. You're not going to pray. And the only thing you're going to do is speak negative stuff. See, your tongue will defeat your destiny. Why? Because you're going to talk about everything that's wrong. And what you're doing is prophesying to your own life because life and death are in the power of the tongue. And if you keep prophesying negativity to yourself, guess what you're going to get? So the Lord has to crucify our tongues, especially when we're going through a crisis. God's grace was there long before you got saved, saints of God, and his grace will be there when we take our last breath. But don't get it twisted. Just because you're going through stuff, man, don't think God is mad at you. We all go through stuff. Man, we're going through probably five or six things all at the same time, multiple stuff, but it's stuff. Amen. And you know what that does? That makes me dig in deeper with the Lord. And, you know, let me tell you how I get the enemy even good and hot at me. I know he's hot at me right now. Let me tell you how I make him good, man. Want to know, Chris, the more and more he attacks me, the more and more I read the word. I say, okay, you keep bothering me. You watch this. I'm going to read another chapter. You mess with me again. You watch this. I'm going to pray for an hour. You keep messing with me. I'm going to fast for three days. You keep bothering me. See? And then guess what? Eventually, he has to say. "Mm." Why? Because Jesus taught us everything in Luke chapter 4. He said it's written. So if it's written, why don't we read it? He defeated the devil the same way. Hello? And Jesus says, devil is written. And you know, it wasn't about the devil, it's about us. Because he knew we were going to be attacked. And he was speaking to us. It's written, saints. When he comes and tries to show you all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time, and you know they are fallen kingdoms. In other words, when he comes and tries to show you the wrong relationship for the single folks. No, you said, devil, is written. all. No, he's got the right person for me. Amen every path, man, you need, before you take the path, you need to pray to make sure you're on the right path. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardway. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.